Hey guys, before we get started, uh, let me read a new five-star review on iTunes. How about that? We haven't done that in a while. Uh, Moshiz23, posted on May 20th of 2020. Five stars, so funny. This podcast is so funny. I'm pretty sure I was at a show you did at Winston's when you had to wait outside. Longtime fan and always making me laugh. I love to listen to your random stories about life. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think I know who you are, if I had to guess. You may or may not have dated a member of the scene for a little while that maybe became a pro wrestler. I don't know. That's a stab. That's a guess. That's a guess. Anyway, here's another uh, five-star review from Kalena Roxon. Doesn't disappoint. Five stars. Found Zoltan on YouTube a few years back, and I love the podcast. Healthy dose of honest, honesty and humor, plus cats. Who doesn't love a bit of cats with their comedy? Yeah, who doesn't? What Nazi out there doesn't love a bit of cats with their comedy? Um, so those are the two five-star reviews, and how about some exciting news? Stand-up is back. I did stand-up over the weekend. I'm going to talk about it here. It's starting to open up. And the first weekend I am heading out to the headline will be in Oklahoma City, July 2nd and 3rd. I'm doing three shows at the Brick Brickyard? Bricktown or Brickyard? I should know that. I should, maybe I should click the website. Bricktown. Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. It's a brand new club. I'll be there July 2nd, July 3rd, and just enough time for me to fly home and enjoy the 4th of July. Tickets on sale now. Get them. I th- they're, they're only, the whole club isn't open. It's like l- limited seating kind of thing. So if you want to come uh, sooner than later on the tickets, because I, I don't know the amount that they're allowing, but I know it's not, It's they're not going to fill, like, they're not going to allow it to fill up. You know, social distancing. Have you heard? They're doing that. So Oklahoma City, go do that. More dates coming at you. Plenty of dates need to get rescheduled, and uh, positivity. This is good stuff. We're moving towards something, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Why don't we do this? Why don't we, uh, you know, let's hit the music. we got to catch up. This week in And that's recording and action. Yeah, there we go. Welcome, uh, welcome, welcome. This is 295. Off to a rocky start already. I took a couple weeks off. Well, no, we had an episode with Jesse Egan. I took a week off. I took a week off, and now we're back. I took a week off uh, because the world is on fire. I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you follow the news or if you look outside your window. I don't know how closely you were following the COVID guidelines. But if you were, for some reason, not watching TV or on your phone or you didn't look outside your window, things got a little kooky. Things got, people are out in the streets. They're protesting for a good cause. And it was for a cause that, uh, I don't know, I didn't think we needed me. You know what I mean? I was like, it's good to take a week off. I didn't have, I was just angry. I was angry. Uh, obviously not angry enough to go protest because I'm a coward. I wanted to go protest. I support the protesters, by the way. We're going to get into it. Let me just say it right off the top, if you don't support the protesters, uh, this might not be the episode for you. I might not be the comedian for you. With all that said, I might not be the guy. I support them. I think what they did uh, to George Floyd was horrible. I know that's not an out there opinion. I think we all uh, 
I think everybody feels that way. Even people that are against the uh, the protests or the looting in some way, they we all agree that what happened to Mr. Floyd was disgusting, and it's not the first time it's happened. That's why people were out there uh, exercising their First Amendment right, trying to make a difference, trying to fix things. Very proud. I wasn't out there because I'm a coward. I'll, I'll tell you straight up. I watched... So many videos of them tear gassing protesters, protest, and, and not just—they weren't just tear gassing and beating looters. They were tear gassing and beating and arresting and macing uh, protesters, just regular, regular protesters, shooting them with rubber bullets. I never knew that a rubber bullet will split your face open, but there were some photos that said otherwise. They call that non-lethal. I. Had, could have fooled me. I guess, I guess, I, yeah, I guess those people did survive getting their face ripped apart by rubber bullets, but barely. It looks pretty awful. Don't pump that thing up all the way. I don't know how those guns work, but if you're using rubber bullets or beanbags, does it have to come at that hard? You could hit me with a paintball in the ass cheek. I'll go home. You don't need to easy. With the, you're not, I'll say this, dude, the cops, uh, the police uh, force, and I'm not singling out anybody, but law enforcement in this country was called out because of what happened. That's why people are out there protesting. And then it seems like law enforcement across the country came together and went, let's prove their point right. By beating everybody and shooting everyone. They tipped over that old man in Buffalo. That's why I didn't go to these protests. I saw what they did. I saw what these... I wasn't scared of the protesters. I was scared of the cops. Shooting people with non-lethal weapons, but still messing them up. This poor girl, I saw a picture. She got shot right between the eyes. Ripped her face open. You know, an inch or two either direction. That girl would have been blind in an eye. Um, permanently. Uh... And then in Buffalo, they, they shoved over that old man. They tipped him over without care. And after they did, the poor guy hits his head. Nobody helps him. Everybody walks by. Which I have so many feelings about that. How do you not quit on the job right there? Like, if that's the group you're with, I understand mob mentality, or maybe I don't. Maybe I don't understand mob mentality. But if I'm in a group, and we're going to go fight another group, and someone in my group shoves an old man, and that old man hits his head and could use some help, and, and nobody helps him, I'd be like, well, I'm obviously on the wrong side. This can't be the right side. This can't be. We just, one of our guys did that, and we're doing, we're going to keep moving forward. This can't be the right side. I, it doesn't take a genius. Listen, I didn't go to the police academy. I don't know anything about anything. Alright, I'll tell you that straight up. But I know enough to know that if I'm on the side shoving old people and then not helping them, that's probably not the right side. Call me a whack job if you will, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong. It's horrible what they did to that old guy. What they did to a bunch of people. There's an uh, old lady here in San Diego. She went protesting. She just got out of the hospital today. She's been in the hospital for like a week, maybe two weeks. Because it's hard to keep track of time during the lockdown. But yeah, she got shot with like a beanbag or a rubber bullet or something. And it hit her. I don't even know where it hit her. But it hit her good. And good enough to put her in the hospital for a week. 
non-lethal. And she just got out today. Which shows how much of a coward I am. There's 77-year-old people out there showing their voice, and I'm too scared. I support them. Do it. But I'm too scared to go out there. Maybe I'll find the gumption, the intestinal fortitude to go out there in the coming weeks. I know there's more protests planned. I'm scared. You know, I'm scared. I watch it. I'm claustrophobic, and I'm scared of the cops, and both those things are happening. And COVID's still going on, but I'll wear a mask, you know? I'll wear a mask and do the best to not touch anybody. But when you're packed in there, and then they're going to tear gas you. I don't know if you've ever... I've never been tear gassed. I one time took... Uh, I got a taste of pepper spray once. It's not what you think. It wasn't like a, a, a date gone awry or anything. It wasn't like that. It was a... For some... Whatever. It's besides the point. I pepper sprayed my testicles when I was 20. That's a whole other story. Alright? My friend Julian's listening to this and he goes, Yep, I was there. That guy was stupid. But we all got a taste of pepper spray because of that dumb stunt. And if tear gas is worse than pepper spray, which it looks like it does, it's like a canister firing out, spewing the area with smoke, uh, I don't want to be a part of it. I'm a coward. No health insurance, kind of claustrophobic. I'm a coward, but I support the protesters. And for the people out there that are like, I know you're not supposed to support the looters and the looting, and I don't, kind of. You know? I say I don't support the looting because I think I'm supposed to say I don't support the looting. I'm not against looting small businesses, alright? But if you're burning down a Bank of America, I'm not going to shed a tear and I'm not going to call the cops. I'm not going to encourage it, but I might point you towards the gasoline and matches. You know? That's what got burned down here. They burnt down a Chase Bank, like a Wells Fargo... Bank of America, I'd, and then people were like, well, this is just a disgrace to the movement, is it? Did people forget what those banks did to us 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Did everyone have amnesia since 2008 and nine? Those, those banks kicked everyone out of, they didn't even screw me over. I had no money in 2008, and once the recession was over, I still had no money. I was unaffected, essentially. But I watched people... Families go homeless because banks and their predatory lending practices with some weird balloon payments on their mortgage that they didn't explain to the clients, the bank ends up taking their home and now they're homeless. I didn't forget that. So if you want to go burn down a branch of it, boo-hoo. I'm not upset. Suck on that, Bank of America. And they're all insured. So what, we're sticking up for the insurance companies? I'm, I've never met a fan of a single insurance company. I get it, man. That gecko is cute. But there ain't, there's not a single insurance company who I'm sending a Christmas card to. Who? I have AAA. I like them. I don't love them. They still jack my rate up if I go get a speeding ticket. They're not. They're on my side as long as I play ball. But the moment I don't, dit, 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 goes on up. Bank of America is who I bank with. I'm a preferred member now. All right, this is a bit I do on stage, but yeah, I'm a preferred member, but only for the last two years. For all the years, for the decade and a half before then, they would charge me 12 bucks a month because I was poor. They would charge me 12 bucks a month because I didn't have enough money in the bank. So they charged me. That's like saying, uh, that's like losing a toe to diabetes and then life going, you don't have enough toes to play ball. 
you're going to have to give us one of your other toes. You're like, this is not helping. This is leading me to live life with no toes. So 15 years of Bank of America taking 12 bucks a month from me and then watching what all the big banks did to everybody during the recession, essentially causing the recession, and then taking bailouts only to give their CEOs bonuses, burn it down. Burn it to the ground. You want to take down a Walmart? Cool with that. You want to take down a Target? Okay. Don't burn down the small business. I'm not into that. But as far as totally being against looting, I'm not. Mark Twain, I believe it was Mark Twain. I found this quote. Could have been Mark Twain and then Drake did some version of it. I don't know, it's been done. But they said, uh, Mark Twain goes, anytime a rich person screws over a poor person, that's just called business. And anytime the poor person responds with violence, somehow that's wrong. Anytime the poor person retaliates, now that's looting. That's illegal. That's the other thing. I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and go, the people out there looting, I'm going to guess they're not uh, rich. I'm going to guess they're not upper middle class. I'm going to guess they don't go home and have cameras and computers and iPads and shoes and leather jackets and uh, Lexuses in the parking lot. I'm going to assume that. Maybe their fridge isn't fully stocked. Maybe they don't have an avocado for every day of the week. I'm going to guess that was the poor who have lived poor for a long time and they saw an opportunity to get a new pair of shoes. And for the people out there that are willing to not look at the purpose of the protest, to miss the message of the protest and only focus, well, I'm not going to listen to them now because they're looting, you wouldn't have listened anyway. You're the same people that didn't listen to Colin Kaepernick because he took a knee during an anthem. It's a song. I love this country, but I'm not going to be blinded by patriotism. I'm not going to be blinded by nationalism and miss the point. Kneeling during the anthem had nothing to do with your service to this country. It had nothing to do with your brother's service to this country. It was about the message about why people are protesting right now. For some reason, in this country... Unarmed black people have a hard time staying alive when they interact with the cops. And that's ridiculous. And with all the videos of all the protesting, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? They tipped over that old white man in Buffalo. That guy was white. That guy was white and old. He should have, like, stereotypically, if you looked at that old white guy, you would have never guessed he would have been out there protesting, and he was, and they shoved him to the ground. There's that guy in Arizona... They did, I mean, there's been so many. There's been so many. I don't even know the number that we're getting to. And if you're hung up on the saying, Black Lives Matter, at this point, you're just not going to get it. I guess. All lives matter. Yeah, they do. But they're killing the black ones. That's why we're focusing on that. That's all. That's all. That's why I would have liked Bank of America not to focus on the fact that I didn't have money by charging me money. I would have liked to have them focus on, hey, you don't seem to have a lot of money. Maybe we cut you a break. But no, instead they wait for me to actually have some money, and now they give me all the breaks. I can go use any ATM I want. Shady one, I can use a Wells Fargo one, I can use Chase. I can use one with no decal on it covered in graffiti that comes with an $8 charge just to take out a 20 They waive the fee. Because I'm a good guy now. Because I got some of this. But when I didn't, oh, 
They hated me. They were embarrassed to have me as a client. I'm surprised they didn't give me a, a debit card that didn't have the bank name on it. Out of shame. I don't know how I veered off on that angle, but boy did I make that about myself. I'm just as selfish as everybody else, but I get it. I get the looting. I definitely get the protesting. I'm for it. Fix it. Stop. Stop killing everybody, man. And it's not all cops. I know that. If it was all cops, death rates would be through the roof. Like, way higher than they are now. But it's kind of the same mentality. Like, the people that are saying, you know, we gotta defend the cops, and these protesters are wrong, and they're wrong because there's looters among, th among them, you're only looking at, not all the protesters are looting. Because if all those people protesting were looters, this country would be burnt to the ground. There's a lot of people out there. There's a small fraction. It's a small percentage. So don't judge all of the protesters by, uh, by the small fraction looting. And then some people are watching this going, yeah, don't judge cops by the fact that a small fraction of them are killing people. I agree, but we need to do something to fix that small percentage. We do, because it's horrible. That poor girl in Louisville, Kentucky, in bed. Police are serving a no-knock warrant, which means we just blast down your front door and we go in for an arrest. Imagine that, laying in bed. Her and her boyfriend sleep. Someone's coming in to knock down the door. Not knock, knock. We're here to serve a warrant. We're just ripping down the door. Boyfriend gets his gun, calls 911. Someone's breaking in. They break in. He shoots a couple rounds. The cops unload. And they kill the girlfriend, who probably never even woke up. Who knows? She's probably asleep. Or just woke up and then had her life ended like that. And the only problem with all of that, I mean, not the only problem, a lot of problems with that, but the main problem, cops weren't even at the right address. They were there to pick up a drug dealer that I guess used to live there. And they didn't check in on their most updated fact that they were at the wrong house and the people that lived there weren't the ones they were going for. And then they had the balls to charge the guy that shot at the cops with attempted murder after they killed his girlfriend. Reform is obviously necessary. What side of that story can you take and go, yeah, yeah, everything's A-OK. -okay. People just need to comply. I know there's two good cops out there. I have two uh, childhood friends that are cops now. I, t I messaged one of them. He's a cop in D.C. And he's staying safe. And I'd be shocked if there was ever a video of him coming out doing something wicked like the ones we've seen. You know, if we want to use the term, he's one of the good guys, he that's the one I'd, I'd pick. He's a good person, the family, and I think I'd, I'd, I would be dumbfounded and shocked if he was ever the one to run up and shove an old man or shoot a tear gas canister to the back of someone's dome piece. What are we doing? What are we doing? Sometimes we do pick the wrong ones to be cops. They picked a guy I went to high school with who was an absolute lunatic to be a cop. And I found that out when my buddy Jay... Uh, well, let's not use names. My buddy Jay... Uh, my, all right, I guess that's my second attempt at not trying to use his name. My buddy was uh, got arrested and he comes back and he goes, Hey, did you know so-and-so is a cop now? Yeah, he works at the jail. I'm like, that guy? That guy was insane. He used to punch people on our football team and then not have a reason for it. He punched a guy and then choked another kid 
And then when coaches asked him what was that all about, he couldn't give him an answer. Because he's a mental case. And they gave him a badge and a gun. What kind of, like, dude, interview anybody. Please. Please interview anybody that met him. We would give him two thumbs and two toes down. Do not pick that guy to be a cop. He's a nut and a half. Don't give him a license to kill. Those are the ones we need to weed out. Boy. And I know that, and this is why I waited a week. This is why I didn't do this episode last week. I know there's not a lot of ha-has here. It's not a lot of good times. It's not a lot of jolly. It's not a lot of upbeat. I'm not turning your day around. But I would have been yelling it last week. At least I can say it in a conversational tone this week. Not against it. Needs to be fixed. It's wrong. And the people that don't agree, I think their biggest hang-up... You know, some people label them as racists or ignorant. And they might be. They might be all of those things. But I think one of the biggest things is, for some reason, some people have an incredibly hard time putting themselves in someone else's shoes. I don't know why that is such a hard skill. But some people have a really tough time imagining wearing someone else's shoes for a day. I think that's the biggest hang-up. Did I cover everything? I think I covered everything. I should have ended the show with that. That should be the episode. <laughs> I got to do comedy again. Um, the co- I did stand-up this past weekend. I felt weird about it. But I did stand-up this past weekend for my buddy's club that opened up, and they needed to open up. He opened in November. And then this pandemic hit, so, you know, when you open a business, I think, what's the rule, like, a business doesn't start turning a profit for the first three to five years or something? But the first year, critical, and then, you know, we had to shut down for three months. So we went and did a set over there, did three shows. It was great to be back on stage. It was weird to, it was weird as to how scared I was to go back on stage. I remember going, like, I didn't know how to start I didn't remember my jokes, and then at the same time, I didn't want to do the jokes that I was doing in March, because that makes no sense. Like, we've been living through a pandemic, we have protests going on, the economy's tanked, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm supposed to go up there and go, hey, who remembers the Shakira and J-Lo halftime show? Which is still a joke I love. I defend the hell out of Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, because I'm big fans. But I can't be talking about that while the world is on fire. I gotta be recent. I gotta talk about life and what's happening now. And I gotta sprinkle in some of the jokes that are still relevant from before this happened. And I don't remember the wording. So there were some jokes on that first night where I went into them and I'm like, I don't remember the punchline. Like, I remember starting a couple jokes where I'm like, I don't remember how this bit ends. But hopefully as I'm saying it will fall into a punchline. That's my only hoping. Hoping that I would just stumble into and remember what the punchline was. And a couple times it worked out and a couple times it didn't. There's a couple times where I did not stumble into the punchline. I just kind of petered out and went, well, I'll remember that for tomorrow. But it was really fun to be back. It was great to be back. Uh, we had three shows and it was it was three shows that you needed to get back. 
The first night was excellent. The crowd was pumped. It couldn't have gone better, even though we were all shaky and hadn't done stand-up in three months. It went as well as it could have gone, and people were just, you know? Sometimes it's 70-30 you. You know what I mean? Like, as a comedian, you have to give 70% effort, but you need 30% from the audience to really make it a great show. And I feel that show was probably 60-40. As how on our game I was and the other two comics, as opposed to how forgivable or forgiving and enthusiastic the audience was. It was probably 60% us being comedians, but 40% the audience is like, we're coming, man. We're going to give you that little bit of extra. We're here. And then we had Saturday early show, which was probably 80-20. We were a little better than we were the night before, but still shaky. But that audience wasn't going to give us that extra 20%. And then we had the late show Saturday. Still a good audience, but very small and drunk. And a late show. So it was the perfect comeback. You know, it's kind of like a fighter trying to get back into fighting shape. You can't just go in and hit the heavy bag. You got to go do the cardio. You got to go hit the mitts. You got to go do your strength training. You got to get all around all the aspects of it. And that's what that's what this was. Get some sparring in there. That's what we had with the late show. A little back and forth banter between the audience and the comedian. You need all those little things to get back into fighting shape. And that's why I think that weekend was just... That was everything we needed as comedians. A great show where the audience coddled us and was there for an awesome time. Another show that was good, but the audience wasn't going to baby us, wasn't going to help us. They were going to be an audience and go, well, what did you bring to the table? And then we also had the late night crowd. Small and drunk and argumentative. A little bit of everything. That's what you need. So I'm excited to get back on stage. I have a few more sets locally. And, uh, and yeah, the first weekend I'm coming back headlining will be July 2nd and 3rd in Oklahoma City at Bricktown Comedy Club. Three shows. Come out. Limited seating. Because social distancing is... It's still happening. That's what I don't understand. It was one of the things I said about the reopening phases over the weekend. Like, they they opened the barbershops and salons. And I was excited because I have this beard. I have a beard of a cult leader. I have a beard that looks like there might be living organisms within them that I am unaware of. And so I was really excited to get my beard trimmed, and it turns out they're only doing haircuts. So I still got my hair, I got my hair cut, they got the split ends, they cleaned up the sides and the neck, but they couldn't touch my beard. And it was, it was so disheartening. Like, I was happy to get a haircut and get cleaned up a little bit, but I was mainly looking for the beard. Like, if someone was like, Hey, I can give you a haircut or a beard trim. Which one do you want? Beard trim. I wouldn't even let him finish the question. I would jump on him and be like, beard trim. Stop talking. Trim my beard. I'm tired of eating my mustache. I'm tired of taking three whiskers with every bite of food I have. Please, please, please help me. And there's some of my, you might be listening or watching and going, well, why didn't you just trim it yourself? Because I would end up shaving it. The last five times I tried trimming my own beard, I ended up shaving it. With just my baby face hanging out. And I can't I can't do it. I can't shave my face. Because I have a weak chin. 
All right, I got a smile. I need a mustache or a beard to give me the resemblance of a strong chin. I got a weak chin. We got to cover that up. So that's what happened there. But I'm really glad to be back. Is there anything else happening? Uh, I feel we're 25 something minutes in here. Maybe we'll catch something here. Maybe we'll catch something here. Uh, what's happening on Twitter? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. People asking me. I love it. Uh, the views for my special have gone up. We're, we're creeping in on a half a million for Modern Mail. So if you, for some reason, haven't watched Modern Mail, I know I've, it's the only thing I've been plugging during these podcasts because there has been no, there's been no shows. Um... Go go watch Modern Mail on YouTube. We're creeping in on 500,000. I just got a tweet from a guy that said, Finally got to watch this. Awesome. Sorry to hear about the divorce. Uh, I've also been trying to get divorced. And you were correct. That paperwork is hard. <laughs> My question is, do you get visitation with Jessica? Yes. We split time with Jessica. In fact, I think I'm about to get her for a couple weeks. So I'm pretty excited. We'll see. Um, yeah, go watch Modern Mail. And uh, how about I read the... Uh, let me read our participant. I didn't mention this in this episode, but if you're wanting to support me as a uh, comedian or podcast creator or whatever, what I've done is I went on YouTube. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. That costs nothing. But if you want to support further, uh, I have a membership program set up with three different tiers. So you, it's essentially you sending me money each month. And for extra content and perks, the first level is only a buck ninety nine a month. The second one is four ninety nine a month, and the last one is nine ninety nine a month for all you big ballers out there. Each tier has different perks. Uh, go check it out and see uh, which perk, if any, is the one for you. But uh, what I'd like to do, and this is one of the perks for being a nine ninety nine person, which is the cat person level. Uh, I want to read these people's names. These are the people that are supporting. Uh, the podcast and myself as much as possible. Like, you couldn't support more than this. Uh, Ema, Catherine Maya, Tat P, Alan Nugent, Jonathan Kinsey, my buddy there, uh, Costalato 5, Samori Augusto. I love that name. Laura Hornstra, Ilea Jungworth, Danny Cox, Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson, Judy Dean, Annette, Supreme Coalition, Susie, Jamie Bassett, Amarly Garrison Quay, Amanda Scharfenberg, Jing Yom, Sarazanto, Marilyn RX, and Alina 1960 at Live. I think that's a new one. Thank you for supporting. I very much, uh, you know, very much appreciate that. Let me end this video, and then we're going to go do a song of the week on the audio portion, because YouTube and copywritten music... They're not a fan of that. Anyway, thank you for listening and downloading. And for you people that are watching the video, we're saying ta-ta to you right now. All right, the rest of you, let's get a song of the week and let's wrap this shindig up. Huh? It is a million degrees here in San Diego. It is the hottest day of the year by a country mile. And I don't have the fan on, so I am sweating my ass off. But it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. It's for me to allow myself to get my worthless opinion out to the masses. Let me get my speaker.
Ooh, this is a fun song that I don't know how I came up on it on Spotify, but I did. It's called Holy Pocket Boogie by The Dirty Deep. Enjoy! And don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Look into being a member uh, to my YouTube page. And stand-up comedy is back. So if you're in Oklahoma City, come to Brick Town Comedy Club, July 2nd and 3rd. Enough plugs, enough yammering. Here's some music.
Have a great week, everybody.